Welcome to Open Source Voices, an interview series that explores the broader perspectives and implications of open source development. Now your host, Nicole Huseman. Hey, welcome back to Open Source Voices. I'm Nicole Huseman. With more than 25 billion intelligent connected things predicted to hit the market by 2020, the Internet of Things is quickly evolving from promise to reality, and open source plays a critical role in this evolution. Today, I'm excited to be joined by two guests at the forefront of this innovation, Anas Nashif, software engineer at Intel, and Carlos Kufi, open source R&D software engineer at Nordic Semiconductor. Welcome, Anas and Carlos. Hi. Thank you. Before we dive in, Anas, can you introduce yourself and what you do at Intel? Yeah, I am Anas Nashif. I have been working for Intel for the last 13 years, working for the Open Source Technology Center, mostly involved in open source projects. And most recently, or three years ago, actually, I started working on the Zephyr project. Carlos, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Nordic Semiconductor. Hey, so I've been at Nordic for around eight years now, and even before that, I was already involved with Bluetooth Low Energy and Bluetooth in general, which is the technology really that has marked my career. And at Nordic, uh, after spending a few years developing Bluetooth Low Energy Protocol stacks, I'm now basically in charge of coordinating the open source contributions from Nordic and specifically to Zephyr and other open source projects. So, Anas, you've worked in this space for a long time. Can you talk a little bit about how open source plays a role in IoT development? Yeah, sure. So, basically, I mean, when we look at IoT, I mean, when you mention the word IoT to a lot of people, people associate that with makers, with automating stuff, home automation, home security, and so on. And the, the trend that started a few years back was that people wanted to do their stuff on their own. So that's where open source actually made the first interaction with IoT and the maker community was with the Arduino back then. But this is why you see a lot of community and a lot of contributions coming from different aspects of this industry and the community. And the open source aspect of IoT, however, does not end there of letting people do things on their own. It actually goes back to why open source is important in general. First thing of course, is the fact that code sharing and getting people to contribute to open source projects and getting them involved raises awareness and also improves the quality of such projects. The second one is security and making sure people actually see what they get. This is something that we see with Linux. Linux has a very track record with security because everybody can see the code, they can contribute, they can fix, and so on. And the other thing, which is the most exciting part, is that you don't get to do things on your own. So if I'm actually working on a project and want to develop for IoT, the traditional way of doing things is that companies would actually go and develop things behind closed doors, and they had to go carry the burden and do everything on their own. What open source does in this area is that it opens the doors for everybody to work on one common thing, and that's exactly what we are doing with the open source project. It's not led by one company or one organization. It's open for everybody, and it's beside the members of the Zephyr project. It's open to any individuals who want to contribute to this project. 
And you mentioned the Zephyr Project. Can you talk a little bit more about the Zephyr Project and how it's evolved since its introduction in, let's say, it was early 2016, right? Yes, it was introduced in 2016, but obviously we worked on that much before it was launched. And we were looking at industry partners and key leaders in the industry having the same problem we were having is that we wanted to develop or have a software stack for IoT, and we didn't want to introduce something that is Intel-specific. We wanted to share and get basically something out there where we can work with the industry partners, where everybody can contribute with their own strengths and their own areas of expertise. So the initial code basically came from Intel, but we were talking with our partners in the industry And we launched the project back then with three Platinum members, Intel, NXP, and Synopsys. And soon after that, we had other companies join, like Linaro, like Nordic. And we have now a few Silver members as well from different areas of the industry. It has been actually growing in terms of contributors, in terms of members. The main problem is trying to avoid fragmentation where everybody goes and implements IoT solutions on their own and their own way. It sounds like we're really seeing a lot of participation across the community and contribution to the Zephyr Project. Carlos, given your experience with the Zephyr Project, what excites you most about it? Well, the excitement that I feel for the project and that I think many of my fellow Nordic engineers feel as well is that having seen a landscape with IoT and particularly with microcontrollers that has evolved from a very simple one in terms of cores, in terms of peripherals, in terms of the technical requirements in order to drive a small embedded device, growing into a you know, complex multi-core, um, multi-peripheral system that requires much bigger code bases and much more effort to develop those. I think that what excites us is actually seeing other companies having the same issues that Nordic also foresees, and perhaps not for the right here, right now, but is complexity growing, we see that we're not the only ones, Intel being the first launching this product, but many others that have joined since, sharing efforts to solve these problems. That, I think, is one of the points that, at least from my personal perspective, and I know that others feel the same, is exciting, is the fact that we come together. Obviously, there's more. We've seen companies that use our chips that have shown interest for the Zephyr project because they also see that in the future, the complexity is growing at a rate that is not sustainable for a single company to develop. So this breaking with this fragmentation and joining efforts in order to develop the software that is as best as it can be, that's really what drives us and what excites us about the project. Can you talk a little bit about some of the specific use cases? How are folks out there using the Zephyr project? So Zephyr is flexible and configurable enough that it adapts to a lot of use cases. Nordic is mostly a Bluetooth company. Now we're launching also LTE products. And we've seen people use Zephyr for small accessory type devices where you have a small device with a tiny, typically coin cell battery that needs to last for days, if not months, and sometimes even years, that connects to a mobile phone, giving you feedback from a sensor that's embedded in the device. That we've seen uh, implemented with Zephyr. But now we're we're seeing as well is more complex scenarios with things like uh, Bluetooth Low Energy Mesh or 15.4 based meshes, whether it be Thread or any other protocol on top of 15.4. And those are more 
complex because they require TCPIP stack, they require additional security layers, they require complex ciphers, and all of that. That's a perfect use case for Zephyr, really, because that's where it shows its strengths, having all of this complexity built in and also having gone through the process of being reviewed by people that come from different areas with different levels of expertise in different types of software development. That is really where we see the golden use case for Zephyr, although it will obviously always support the smaller ones because being extensible and configurable is really at the heart of Zephyr. That's actually one of the points that excited us as well at the beginning when we saw that from a single code base, you could build a tiny project running on our smallest core to a massive project using OpenThread and all of the most advanced technology running on our biggest core. So in that regard, I think Intel and the others who started the project learned the lesson from Linux, making it really, really scalable piece of software. So you guys mentioned security. And of course, as more and more smart things connect to each other, connect to the internet, security becomes a big issue. Anas, can you talk about the project's approach to security? Sure. Since the project has started, one of the main highlights of the project was that development happens with security in mind. So every development of the Zephyr project and producing code and features is combined with security considerations. So basically, security is not an afterthought. Also, the fact that the project is open source, so there is lots of eyes looking and reviewing the code. And this is like the core of the Zephyr project. Basically, contributions come in. Never mind if you are a big or a small contributor, if you are an individual or if you are a company, your code has to go through the same review process. So you don't get to let stuff go in just because it's important for your company or product. Everybody gets to say, we have government support, we have a technical steering committee where such topics are discussed and if something actually makes sense or not in the sense of security, but also other things, scalability, portability, and so on. And in addition to that, we have a security working group that actually deals with the security aspects of the project, making sure that we deal with exploit and uh, potential issues that have been introduced and dealing with them in terms of announcing to our customers and users of the project and working with industry leaders in this case in the security domain to make sure that we cover all areas that require security considerations. And here, for example, just to mention a few, like we have NXP who have a track record in IoT security, who has been participating in the project since day one and have contributed a lot. We have Nordic participating as well, also associated with their upcoming products and security-related features that we have added over the last year things like memory protection, thread isolation, software updates over the air, and also offline software updates. Software updates are like a key feature that any project without software update does, can't qualify as secure. Because as much as we pay attention to security and making sure our code is secure and stable enough, there are always issues and having a mechanism in place to update and push updates to systems in the field. If you don't have that, then you basically don't count these days because everything is connected. And we are talking about millions or billions of devices that could be deployed. And without having infrastructure in place for that, it becomes unviable in this case. The other thing that we have is as part of the whole development process, we do security scans on a weekly basis, basically every 
single line of code that has been introduced goes through static analysis. We have dynamic analysis as well. We are introducing all kinds of tools around security to support our claim. As Carlos mentioned, scalability is actually a major thing. Being able to build uh, products from the smallest to the biggest use cases using the same code contributes to security as well. Because you don't have to go and start something new for a new use case or a problem that you have. You use something with a track record, and that actually helps in many ways. Having Zephyr as a complete solution and not a collection of solutions that you pick and choose and pull from different sources. So that's why we have our own IP stack. So it's always developed as part of Zephyr. We have the Bluetooth stack, host and controller, and all middleware. And all these components work together to create a framework that is secure and scales from the smallest to the largest use cases. Networking is another big consideration here. Carlos, can you talk about how the Zephyr project is evolving to meet the needs of networking in IoT? When it comes to networking and IoT, it really is mostly about IPv6, the version 6 of TCP IP suite of protocols. And in that regard, I think Zephyr right now is pretty well covered. The protocols have been in development, I think more than a year and a half. I would say they are now relatively stable and ready for prime time. They are being used already in commercial applications. And on top of that, what we're doing right now is adding additional features. Among them is TLS, so um, the TLS or DTLS, is important because it allows for secure connections, secure encrypted connections over the internet, which, as you know, lately, the spread of security certificates and the fact that most connections to websites today are secured using exactly that, that is also important, on, obviously, on IoT because you often cannot rely on the transport layer being secure. So having support for those and having support in a way that applications do not have to worry much about it, that having the encryption feature doesn't require for the application developer to rewrite write the application or to make major changes to it, that has been the goal. And in that regard, that's what the latest efforts are directed towards, getting an API that's simple to use, but at the same time provides the security credential management, the establishment of encryption, and obviously doing all the required encryption. Beyond that, Zephyr integrates very well with OpenThread, which is another open source project led by Nest. And what we've done with OpenThread is that we've written the necessary code that allows for Zephyr and OpenThread to work together well. We didn't want to re-implement the whole thing. We didn't want to uh, reinvent the wheel. Instead, we made those two projects cooperate well together so that they complement each other. And now you can run Zephyr with OpenThread and therefore establish a thread network. Beyond that, and perhaps when it comes to networking, sometimes the word can be a bit misleading, but I would like to include VLE Mesh under this umbrella term because VLE Mesh, Bluetooth Low Energy Mesh, has been proven one of the most popular technologies with our users. There's constantly questions about it on the chat channels or on the mailing list or issues being created, etc. So we see a lot of people using Bluetooth Low Energy Mesh, and that's for a wide range of applications, from lighting to industrial control to even a smaller, simpler relays of data, for example, for smaller control systems. But the Bluetooth Low Energy Mesh implementation in Zephyr is well regarded. In fact, it has been adopted by other open source operating systems, and we are proud of that, and we, we must continue to make this mesh implementation the best it can be. And we've been doing that also by adding things like storage support for a mesh so that you can store the rest of the nodes information and the provisioning, etc. So there will be more, of course, and I know that on the Intel side, there's more being done, more being prepared, but this, I think, covers the current state of networking.
So there's so many different vendors in this IoT environment, and it's how do standards play a role? A major role, I would say. Most of the members of the project are participants in this or that standard group, and we try as much as possible to drive our roadmap and our features based on these standards. So we don't try to come up with our own solution. This goes also back to security and being interoperable as well. So just like Carlos mentioned, Bluetooth Mesh, OpenThread, LWM2M, machine-to-machine, and OCF in this case, which can also be deployed on top of Zephyr using an existing uh, uh, implementations. So whenever solutions exist, solutions, implementations of certain standards, we try to work with these and work with the project to make it fit on top of Zephyr. And we try as much as possible to follow the standards. And standards don't really have to go into networking or Bluetooth. I mean, we are talking about standards, for example, for coding guidelines, C standards, how to write code, and best known methods in the open source community and how to do things. So we don't try to go and do things our own way. We try to adapt and we try to participate in conversations with our industrial standard groups or open source communities and make sure that Zephyr is well-positioned to be a leader, actually, in these areas. Thanks for helping us understand where the Zephyr project is today. Let's shift a bit now and talk about what's next for the Zephyr team. A couple of things that we're really excited about that are coming up, and they're already being developed now, but obviously full support for them will come in later releases. So in particular, the ARM architecture, which is very popular, as you might know, among embedded developers, and especially the Cortex-M line of ARM processors, they've recently released a new version of their architecture called ARM VM8, and that adds support for something called Trust Zone. And that is essentially a mechanism to ensure the reliability and the security of applications running on an embedded process. So it gives you the opportunity to isolate the extreme sensitive code. It's a little bit like a secure enclave type of thing where the secure code runs in its own isolated partition and then the unsecure code doesn't have access to certain hardware peripherals, memory areas, and all of that is done by the core. We were probably one of the first, if not the first open source project to support the cores natively as in building for them and adding support for some of their hardware features. But we're expanding now towards full support for the Trust Zone technology as well additional features that come with it. Beyond that, I would like to mention MCU Boot, which is a bootloader that is actually uses Zephyr to build. And it's not directly part of the Zephyr project, but they work tightly coupled together. And we also have plans to add a lot of new features to this bootloader, which we want also to become a little bit like the standard where we share towards having a single uh, open source bootloader. But there's more, right? There's better Windows support. That uh, Windows has always been important to us. Not only important, but I would, I would go as far as to say key for us. Uh, so being able to build, debug, flash, the whole development cycle needs to be as good on Windows as on Linux. So adding better Windows support and IDE support and features that really catch the developers' eyes and also make them more productive. And honest, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, all of the above, as I say. I mean, basically what Carlos mentioned. But one thing that is happening right now in the Zephyr project is that when people think about IoT, they usually think about sensors and stuff like that. I mean, things that are used for home automation and so on. But it's actually bigger than that. It's basically about everything connected. So 
we are moving the project in this case to support complex industrial use cases. So one thing, for example, is multiprocessor systems, which was mentioned earlier, yeah, where Zephyr works alongside Linux, supporting industrial protocols and, for example, time-sensitive networking and things like that, supporting uh, virtualization, where Zephyr runs alongside Linux and so on to do real-time sensitive activities and run probably also secure instances of an application. So we are going beyond just supporting like microcontrollers into supporting a wide variety of use cases. And as Carlos mentioned, enhancing the developer experience, whether it's support, you know, on Windows, on Mac, supporting different IDEs, and most importantly, in collaborating with other existing projects and make Zephyr part of whatever these projects actually deliver. For example, this has already happened with JavaScript, with MicroPython, and a few other projects that are using Zephyr to do open source development and develop their own use cases. So we don't want to be working in a silo in this case. We want Zephyr to be used in other projects, just the same way we are using other projects' code and software. Thanks. For developers who want to dive in, where can they learn more? The entry point would be the zephyrproject.org website which actually has all the information needed. The project itself is developed on GitHub. So if you search for Zephyr and going through the website, you can see basically the development happening. Obviously, we have chats on IRC. We have mailing lists. And there are different other forums. Everybody is welcome to join our open meetings. We have technical steering committee and a few other meetings happening on a weekly basis. Go to the website, look through the documentation, and if questions arise, they can ask on GitHub or join IRC and ask there. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's been great to talk about where Zephyr Project is today and where it's headed. And we're looking forward to hearing more in the future. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.